My name's Sarah Frick, and you're listening to Are You For Real? A podcast all about being real. Like, really real, not just cute Instagram real. Like, real. Welcome back to Are You For Real? with Sarah Frick. Today, we are talking on the phone with Bevan Prince, um, all about a lot of things. Bevan and I grew up together. Um, she's also a master instructor at SoulCycle. And from what she told me at my last SoulCycle ride, a phenomenal actress. Um, and so we're going to dive into all of those things um, and hopefully some more. So um, let me just give you guys a little background. I have not talked to Bevan in forever, probably since I graduated high school. So a really, 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 really long time ago. And me and Carter and Maggie were all in New York for some pop-ups, just teaching a few classes. And we wanted to catch a soul cycle class between two of the classes. And Carter was like, okay, we'll go to this studio. They have a 1030 ride. And I was like, awesome. And I was like, she's like the girl's super cute. She looks awesome. I was like, Oh, send her to me. I just want to check her out. And I was like, Oh my God, I fucking know that girl. And Carter's like, no, you don't. You think you know everybody. And I'm like, no, I really know that girl. (laughs) And then we went and I am not just saying this. It was the absolute best spin class I've ever taken in my whole entire life. Oh, you, you you blew me away. It was, it, it was you. I'm, I'm with people. I'm in this industry where people are holding space constantly. And you really did it in such a light but deep way does that make sense like yeah, there was Sarah, so much depth in and I'm already tearing up oh well I really good. mean it I mean it and I, and it was so it was it was special for sure and then you played walls which is my favorite Always. Kings of Leon song and I'm like sobbing and Carter's looking at me she's like <laughs> you're crying aren't you I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> you're um, the only one I, it's I'm such oh, that you. song is so beautiful so let's backtrack a little so Carrie High. CHS. CHS, home of the Carrie Amps. The Amps. The Amps. And after high school, you went, did you go to Chapel Hill? No, I didn't. I went to NC State my first year. Okay. And then as soon as UNCW started the film program, I transferred over to UNCW. Okay, awesome. And so from Wilmington, then did you go straight to LA? Uh, yeah, well, I booked, I didn't book One Tree Hill. I was really, really lucky. Um, we, you can say you booked it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me, let me explain how this happened. I was, um, interning at the casting office, uh, thinking that possibly I was going to go into casting and they needed people to be cheerleaders. And I cheered and, um, semi danced most of my life. So I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. I've never been on set. It'll be interesting. And I think because we were removed from Hollywood, I got to know the writers and the producers and the actors and everybody was incredibly supportive. And then they just started to write for me and I was on a television show, which is insane. That is insane. Yeah. And so then go ahead, keep going. We weren't sure if we were going to get another season, I think after year four and all the other actors were headed back out to LA. So I was like, I guess I'll move to LA too. And then I moved out to LA Spent five and a half years there, then to grad school in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. At SCAD. Cool. And then to New York. Okay. So did you do any, have you done other shows? Yeah. I mean, I had tiny little like guest spots on Desperate Housewives, House, Power, things like that. So um, a few things and a a bunch of really terrible movies along the way. But did you like acting? I, I mean, I love acting. I love collaborating with other people. Um, 
I just kind of got to a point that I wanted a little bit more control in what it was that I was creating mm-hmm. and a little bit more consistency and the ability to pick and choose a little more. And it, I wasn't at that place as an actor where I had that ability. So I kind of just took a turn. Yeah. And so what, what did you study at SCAD? So I studied acting there because I didn't really study it before. You just <laughs> I mean, fell into it. You're like, sure. Yeah. yeah. And the funniest I, thing is that your character's name was Bevan too. Yes, loosely based <laughs> on me, the resident dumb blonde with a heart of gold. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So did you like Savannah? I love Savannah. I mean, being in the South as an adult was a lot of fun for me. Um, but I really missed my girlfriends in LA because it was the first time in my life I was displaced from my family. And also the first time I really found a group of women where I felt like I belonged, mm-hmm. as I told you you know, briefly before high school was rough. So talk to me about that. Cause like I said to you in our message, and I mean, I'm kind of saying this to be funny, but also really true. Like I was really high most of high school. I thought you were so popular <laughs> and like <laughs> you were though, weren't you? It was awful. I was so, but maybe bullied. that's like stressful too. I mean, I was really, really bullied by the girls in your grade. Really? Yeah. They weren't really horrible and hateful to me. I mean, look, was I a perfect child. No, but I look back at it and I can have a lot of sympathy for that young girl who just really wanted to be loved and liked. And, um, I never was mean to you. Was I? No, never, 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 never. I think part of my drive to be seen in my career was because I needed to prove that I belonged and that I was good enough. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting to look back at it. Yeah. So it was really tough. Well, but, um, you've I done it. My, I, I found my people. I found my people later in life, and um, they're as good as they come. Yes, you you have. And so, all right. So you're in Savannah, and then all your girls are in LA. And what are you thinking? I'm thinking I want to be closer to home to my family, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm gonna try New York for a year. So I come up to New York. I'm now assisting a producer for a show and like sneaking out to auditions. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I have an, I have another doctor's appointment. <laughs> Strange. <And> another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got really close to a big um, showtime project and I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I quit. I quit doing that. And at age 30, I started waiting tables in New York city. And where were, where were you waiting tables? At um, ABC Cocina. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. Amazing. Delicious. I just, it was so interesting to watch people come in and look at me and be like, Hey, you're that girl that was on that show. Why are you waiting tables? (laughs) And I was like, grad school is expensive and I'm hustling. Yeah. It was like a really interesting time in my life where I found a lot of pride in myself that I was able to do whatever it took to get what I wanted. Yeah. Totally. And I was waiting tables and I was, you know, obviously got old after a while. Um, ABC was the best place to be because I was at least learning stuff about food and wine. And it was just an incredible group of managers there that were so kind. Mm -hmm. Um, And I randomly, my husband came in to eat um, food with his best friend and a girl joined him that I found out later he was partially on a date with. (laughs) And um, literally the opposite of me, like, long, like lush hair, super (laughs) tight dress, heels 
sky high. I mean, the girl was a smoke show. Yeah. And I was You're in, like, a smoke Converse. show too, hush. <laughs> I was in Converse and like a bandana around my head. <laughs> I was like, hey. Um, anyways, I met him and then cut to, I was like, well, I guess I'm not leaving New York. So. Um, and he was I obviously actually, living there at the time. Yeah. He'd been living in New York, I think a year and a half longer than me. Okay. Uh-huh. And so I, um, I then stumble. I hated indoor exercise. I thought it was so dumb. I'm a runner. I didn't understand the concept. And the last like spin class I had taken was at crunch fitness in LA in like right. 2004. So totally. Um, I stumbled into a soul cycle one snowy day and I was like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I need to be my part-time job. This is going to give me freedom and a voice and all of these things. And I started doing it and I just fell so head over heels in love with the community of people and the workout itself. And But it's not like easy to get in there. So like we're brushing over things because yeah. it's a really, it's a tough gig to get. Like the, the audition is really challenging. And did you have to be trained to teach and spin or did they train you or... Yeah. So now I train other instructors, which is amazing. And I don't think I would ever have gotten into the program if it was the year 2020 Mm -hmm. that I found it. Um, I applied. I barely knew how to ride the bike. (laughs) I showed up to audition. You're like, could you guys clip me in? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I got this. I can figure it out. I promise. Yeah. They're like, we love you, but you have no idea how to ride the bike. So at the time they were running a thing called Soul Camp, uh-huh. which they spent a week with a few of us who just needed a little bit of extra time, like learning how to ride, getting comfortable on the podium, that sort of thing. And so after I did that week at Soul Camp, I re-auditioned and then got into the program. And it's a six-week program, seven-week program that we do. It's pretty intense. And then we have um, now three like four weeks of community rides where people can ride for free and come mm-hmm. in and you get assessed during that time to see if you've made it to become an instructor. And that's six weeks. So you're working with them on music, on like all the different moves. So if those of you guys that don't know what Soul Cycle is, could you give us like a, your like best little description of it? Not little, yeah. best description. <laughs> so Soul is um, a mind-body experience on the bike. It's a workout, but it's dance. It's a connection to physical activity and movement and breath. And then along the way, your instructor is kind of guiding you on a, I wouldn't call it's not always a spiritual journey, but they're kind of prompting your thoughts along the way that give you some space and time to breathe a little bit deeper, disconnect and reconnect to yourself in that space. Yep, totally. It reminds me, honestly, I know, toot toot, but of a works class. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm like, you need I, to come I, down I, here and I, take this class. I know. I wish I had known. I was just in Charleston. Oh, man. Well, next time. A few months ago before. Next time. Next okay, time. For sure. So in these six sure. weeks, you're teaching these people how to do all these things. Yeah. It is six weeks of, you know, a breakdown of our flow of class, the arc of Soul Cycle. It's music. It's editing. It's... Um, learning. It's, it's really a time where we break everybody down. We like to say we kind of take their insides out and throw them out on the ground mm-hmm. and then we put them back together mm-hmm. and we help people find their authentic voice. It's my favorite part of my job because yeah. I get to look, we find people that you are unique and everybody's unique and has something to say. We just give them the space to really hone in 
on who they are and what it is that they contribute to the world and help them access that. I love that so much. It's awesome. It's the coolest thing ever. It is. I've led many teacher trainings at my old, my first studios. And then when I left, I hadn't run a teacher training yet for the works. We were just like kind of in-house training people because we were kind of popping up fast and we're holding our first teacher training right now at the studio. And it's so exactly what you said, which is, I love how you said that you take their insides out, put them on the floor and then put them back together. Um, giving people that opportunity to really find their voice. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a shotgun class in everything that I was missing and seeking in life. And then once you're on the schedule and I'm sure just like for you, you start to really even discover whole new sides of yourself and and that you never stop growing at this Mm -hmm. job, which is as cool as it gets to me. I agree too. It's like my passion for this just in like for, you know, soulful fitness on, and it's best day is like, it's abundant and it's so awesome. And I'm so fed. And John, my husband and I talk about this a lot. He's a builder and he owns his own company. And he's like, you know, you go to work and like people are high-fiving you and like crying and like embracing you. I go to work and people are yelling at me every day. And I'm like, "Mm, man, that sucks. You know, it's it's like, I don't think that being in it so much, sometimes we recognize, I don't know anything else, you know, like basically this is what I've done my whole life. And Mm -hmm. so I can't imagine having to, be in an industry where you're not quite so embraced, but I know that that's life and that's what a lot of people do. Um, so how did you become a master instructor? I hustled my ass off for five and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I always say to newer instructors, if you're bored, you're, you're being boring. You're Mm -hmm. not doing your work. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think that fitness I think it can be viewed from an outsider's perspective as not a real job. Mm -hmm. And, um, I take it incredibly seriously. And as you do, it's, it's my passion. It is, um, it's my work. So I gave it everything I had for five years. I never stopped learning. I take as many classes as I can still and ride with other instructors. I try to get outside of soul and see what other people are doing. And, um, I really was able to build not, I, I I can't take credit for this, I feel like I've found an incredible community of people in New York City that are like-minded and we have together have built this amazing community and it just is growing and it's awesome. So true. And it's so like what you said, I always tell new teachers, I'm like, this industry will take you seriously if you take it seriously. If you exactly. if you flake and you like want to go live in Fiji for half the year and want to come back and still have twelve like primetime classes on the schedule, shit ain't happening. You know, like yeah. this is a this is a career and it's a job and you have to be part of that system as well. Um, you know, it's and we have such an amazing group of people that work at SoulCycle in the corporate office that are there supporting us. 24 hours a day, which is definitely a huge element of what I would see as could be viewed as success. Yeah, absolutely. I, I There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your husband do? My husband runs a company called BizNow Media. So it's a commercial real estate news and events company. Very cool. And he's yeah. British. He's, he's a Brit. If we ever had a child, the poor thing would talk so strange. <laughs> a, a Southerner and a Brit had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you want to have kids? None of my business. Know. I but. mean, it's an it, it's an interesting conversation that seems to be on my mind a lot lately. Obviously, I'm 37 years old. It's um, and it, 
I feel like everyone around me now has children and I just can't see it in my life right now. Yeah. I was always the person that said, you know, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to have two kids and Mm -hmm. all these things and live on a farm and, um, <laughs> and here I you're am. doing the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but don't, uh, here I am in the middle of the city without kids or a dog. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel a lot of pressure to do it. Even I'm in terrified. New York, you feel pressure? Yeah, definitely. Are your parents still in Cary? My parents are actually in Wilmington now. Okay. So that's yeah. a fun place to visit. Yeah. It's not a bad place to call home. Um, but yeah, I feel a lot of pressure. I feel a lot of like, you know, everyone around me is doing it that is my age and younger. And I feel like, am I going to wake up one day and be so sad I didn't and feel lonely? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't know if you know any about my story, but my husband and I, we lost our first child. And so I always knew I, I wanted that. I'm so sorry. Thank you. But I always knew I wanted to have babies. And I have, so we have three other children now, which are, they're absolutely fucking insanity. I mean, I have fully stalked them and oh. they are cute as pie. Thank you. Well, they're wonderful, but they are very, um, they are special. Twins are really special. And I mean, <laughs> as a twin mom, I can say that, but they are nuts, <laughs> but it's great. But my best friend, she is really successful in her own right. She owns a clothing store in town called Hamden clothing. She owns several stores, but she travels. She's in Paris all the time and in New York all the time. And her and her husband have been married. We always joke, we call her the teen bride. Like they've been married over 15 years and she's like, we don't want to have kids. And she's totally, she's like the best freaking aunt ever. And like my kids, they call her Sasa and they're, she's a twin too, actually. And they're obsessed with her. And she like last night, so on Mondays I teach until seven, like seven thirty at night, and then I teach Tuesday mornings at six a.m. So there's mm. like the turnover is just super fast, That's and tough. so she lives. Actually, they have this like beautiful, like great apartment right above where my studio is, like in this brand new place. And I called my husband last night, and I was like, I'm gonna go spend the night in Stacy's guest room and eat potato chips and drink a glass of wine because I don't yes. want to come home and deal with little people. So I mean, yes. I think there's benefits to both, you know. I do. I mean, I'm just, I'm really conflicted on it right now. I'm just, it seems to be a topic of conversation and it's on my brain a lot. Um, I just, it, that's the other thing. It's like, I do feel like I'm a great aunt to all my friends that have babies and mm-hmm. that will continue to have babies over the next few years. But there is something that's slightly isolating when conversations start and I, I can't really join in yeah. or contribute. And I do feel kind of like, um, am I missing something here? But I'm, I, I'm traveling quite a bit. I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying the freedom. And I think because I've had two separate careers too, I feel like I'm just at a place now where I'm doing things that most people do in their early 30s. Right. I hear you. So. Um, so that's kind of where I am. And my husband and I have discussed it a lot and we're not opposed to the idea of if we were fortunate enough to be able to do so to adopt, if we change our mind in 10 years, you right. know, like yeah. we hope that financially we would be the people that would be in a position that could make something like that happen. And I love to make it sound like you just go pick one up at the grocery store. Right, right. <laughs> there's a, a big to do, but hopefully, you know, we would be the kind of people that would be, a good fit to opening our home to, um, children. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think like a surefire way to know if you want to have a kid is just get pregnant this weekend. 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> it'll be like that Rachel and friend moments. I'll, I can be Phoebe. Exactly. You can mail me the stick. We can play it out online or on air. It'll be really funny. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, if you guys are not checking out The Daily in downtown Charleston off King Street, you need to be. We have a discount code. We want to see you guys using it. It's 10% off. All you have to say is The Works when you check out. Um, so first of all, you look cool for coming to The Works and you get 10% off. I love almost everything there, but one of the things that I'm digging right now is this keto cauliflower sandwich. The bread is actually made out of cauliflower. I have no idea how they do it, but it is delicious. Um, there's an egg on there, bacon, avocado. It is super, super yummy with a cup of coffee. So go in there, check them out, use our discount and bring me snacks, please. Lots of them. Okay. So let's go back to one thing you said, and we kind of gently touched on it and kind of joked about it, but you were speaking about like the confidence thing and how like, you know, that shaped you a lot in high school and to drive you and all those things. And so one of the things we talk about on this podcast, this Are You For Real podcast is your Are You For Real moments. So mm. these are like the moments that completely drop you into your body. And some of us have several like, and I just, I'll go back to this just because you didn't know the story. But like, I remember when our daughter Grace she died in early infancy and like she was literally like laying on my chest and the doctor's sitting there and he was like we got to take her off the ventilator and I was that was like my fuck are you for fucking real moment but then there's also been moments like when I found out I was having twins like I was like are you for real you know what I mean so it's like we have all these moments in our lives that like we look back and I think these are the moments that are literally like burned into our brain when maybe like our path changes or we change or something like something monumental happens do you have anything like that that I know that's like a huge question to ask, like on the spot. Yeah, but I mean, I think you know, I'm knocking on wood right here. I um, I haven't, you know, been through. A, the, my husband lost his mother last year, mm -hmm. and so that was definitely a like an eye opening experience for me. Beyond that, I really feel like a lot of my big changes have come quite gradually. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess I, I mean, I definitely can say I've had severe moments of pain and tension and a disconnect to my own personal voice and my truth. And I think more than anything, I spent a lot of years really just trying to please mm -hmm. everyone around me mm -hmm. to be liked, mm, because yes. that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, definitely meeting my husband was one of those moments where everything changed for me. I was taking um, ADHD medication mm -hmm. and I had been on it for a long time. And as I was training on the bike, my heart would start to beat really fast. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, and I was, and I was moving really quickly. And as much as I do think there were elements, there are parts of me that need this medication and so many people need it. Right. I don't think I was the person that needed to be on it. Mm -hmm. And I think I was definitely using it as a tool to maintain my weight. Right. And when I went through training and I just started, I had just gotten engaged and I looked at my husband and my heart was beating fast. Mm. And I was like, he's the most ADHD human I've ever met in my entire life, mm -hmm. <laughs> but never been medicated. And for him, I don't think any piece of him would be as creative or 
free thinking. And although he has a lot of trouble with a lot of things, he's managed, he's found ways to manage all that. Right. And it's made him wildly successful and inventive. Yes. And I remember looking at him and I was like, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so it, it, it was an interesting moment. And so I went cold turkey off the medication. Did you tell him? And I, uh, yeah, I told him. I was, I was also on anti-anxiety medication on top of it. Mm-hmm. So I was doubling down on both ends. I already have anxiety and then adding that stimulant right, right. personally was just far too much. Right. And when I found a job that made me feel seen and I found a way to use my voice, I felt like I was able to get myself off those medications. That's awesome. That's, that's an are you for real moment. Yeah, it was, it was a, I mean, it was a struggle and it's still a struggle. Like I have such a hard time in so many ways, um, not on something that helps me focus and pull me together. But look, if I have to clean my house for a day, I'll find something right. to help me. Yeah, totally. So let's go, cause something you said, I think, especially in this industry is that you were using it to control your weight, which I mean, yeah. I think there's a a zillion women in this world who can go, oh yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And men. Um, So in your rooms where you're teaching and motivating and doing all the things, what like, does that come up for you a lot? Do you see that come up for your clients a lot? I think just, and I'm asking you a question and then I'm like, okay, no, I'll answer it. But (laughs) one, I mean, when, one thing I really love about SoulCycle and one thing I feel like as a culture that works and bodies as well is like, we're like kick ass, be strong, not be, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a great ass and abs. Like, come on, like not having a big heart does not negate having a strong body, but the focus is beneath the skin or we say beneath the asana, beneath the action. Like there's so much happening on it, like a heart and a cellular level when we are able to drop into our bodies and to get like, to get present to that because that buzz phrase, like be present, be present. It's fucking everywhere. And nobody knows what it means because Mm -hmm. we're all like running around like a bunch of squirrels and like to get somewhere and to get focused and to breathe and to like feel strong in your body. I feel like the, your, the culture at soul cycle does such a great job of elevating that versus do this to be skinny. Yeah. It's, it's so true. Um, it was really amazing to me because the, when I found soul, it was the first time in my life that I didn't feel scared to go to dinner. Yeah. Wow. And, um, was able to look at myself with fresh eyes and a really loving, gentle perspective. And I took a lot of pride in that. And I definitely, I can tell I can see a lot of writers in the room when they're putting that pressure on themselves. I can see that in how they ride the bike. Mm -hmm. And we do have a lot of conversations about this in class. And it's something that comes up a lot is this, this idea that first and foremost, our bodies are these incredible machines. And when we approach our training with compassion and grace I think our bodies show up for us in a way that allow us to grow stronger and to feel great in our skin. And I think when we approach anything with judgment and expectation and kind of this idea of fixing something or changing something, 
it doesn't do anything for us but create more static Mm. and frantic energy. And that's not going to heal us or make us feel strong or good in our skin and have a nice ass and tight ass. Right, right, right. It's very, very interesting to me considering that I was injured in September of last year. I herniated a disc on top of two tears I have in my labrum. And so I haven't been able to work out for four months. Oh my gosh. How did you do that? I, I mean, I think I was, I wasn't cross training and I was doing the same motion 15 to 17 times a week. So it happens. And And then, and I can totally relate to that because your body has to move laterally in different ways too. Yeah. And then running on top of that, I was just pounding, pounding Mm -hmm. everything. Um, and I also think I was, I I took on too much at that point in my life and my body told me it was time to slow down. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just really believe that in these situations, these sort of things come up when we, it's time for our next little, our, it's time for elevation. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was time for me to put into practice a lot of the things that I was speaking about on an, on another level, on a higher plane. Mm-hmm. So these things about food and body image and judging myself and this, you know, and not being able to use the main tool that I had to manage my anxiety, um, and to deal with stress and all things in my life was stripped away from me. Mm-hmm. And I had to really sit with that and get still and um, spend a lot of time really retraining on another level, how to care and love myself exactly as is. And I think the easiest way to do that, I think the reason it felt semi not easy. I think the reason I got through it and I'm getting through it is because I have people looking at me mm-hmm. right. and I'm like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be better. I'm going to practice what I preach because if I do this, maybe you'll come with me. And I believe like I just, nothing else motivates me more to be gentler to myself than to be an example of that for other people. Totally. You sound like you are a mother though. Think about it. All the people that are, but really like you go into just being in the room with you that one time. And I'm, like I said at the beginning, and I really mean this, I would not be saying this if I did not feel it hundred percent. We left and I was like, I mean, blown away. Like you, like I think when, you know, when in flow, we flow. And I did this, this talk for creative mornings on the state of flow. And I was, I kind of used as an example, like if you've ever been in a job or if you've ever like been in a really sketchy situation, you're like, this shit does not feel right. Like this is so not me. And yet we like kind of keep trying it and keep going and you can feel like the resistance you're coming up against the wall over Mm -hmm. and over. But like when you're in a flow state, it's like it, like things just come, come. And I know that kind of sounds woo woo, but it's like, you know, like you, yes, you work hard. It's not, you're just sitting there waiting for the world to flow into your arms. But at the same time, it just, it, it comes more naturally and more organically and you, and you light people up and people light up when they're around you. And that is truly how it felt when you were in that room. So the work that you're doing, it's, it's not going unnoticed. So I hope you know that. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, it was, it's, it's really special. I, I guess I'd love for some people that, um, that don't know like the soul experience. And I know we kind of touched on this a little bit. Tell us about like how many locations you guys have, what the, um, you said something about traveling. So I'm assuming you travel to teach or travel to train or how that works. So this is so bad. I cannot remember how many locations we have right now. A lot. Let's just say a lot. A lot. A lot. Um, we are all over the U S we are in Canada. We're now in London, Um, we're coming to Charlotte next year, which is exciting, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and we're just, we're, we're, 
growing really, really quickly. Um, cause it's far more than just the movement. It is, um, a community of people and, that's been the most exciting thing for me is that watching this community build and, and people really show up and support each other. Um, traveling. Yes. I was in charge of, um, I was the talent development leader for London mm-hmm. when they opened considering I spend a lot of time there and, um, cause of my husband. Mm-hmm. So I travel for the, for work. And then also just personally right now, um, our family and friends are just all over the world. So we travel quite a bit. That's awesome. Yeah, just for fun. I don't think I tapped into everything you asked there. That's okay. About soul, the yeah, you know, like you just and... you just say what you want to say. It's totally organic. We're very casual around here. Maybe I need that medication <laughs> again. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should go take it. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm over here taking notes. This is how I want to know. <laughs> that's good. And that's what my husband says I need to do. He has in his office, he has these like whiteboards everywhere. And he's like, mm-hmm. you need a list, Sarah. And I'm like, I, do, I can't. I, I mean, honestly, I have, it, it's it's sad when you, especially when you add three little kids into the mix and I can't even imagine managing a staff. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where my brain is half the time, but every day we just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know, that's it. That's all you can do. do. Um, is there anything else you would, are dying to share with our listeners? I, um, I have a podcast too. Yes. Let's hear all about it. It's called be my neighbor. Okay. Uh, with my neighbor who actually lives about five feet from me. Amazing. Cause you're in New we, York and yep. you all live in one room. <laughs> awesome. It's always, yeah, we basically are roommates. Um, and we, we met, she is an on air style expert and, um, we just really connected quickly. You know how hard it is as you get older to yeah. find time to invest in newer friendships. And I don't think we would have been able to start this podcast and also get as close as we've become without just living in close proximity, but, um, we really bonded over this idea of receiving so many no's in our life. Just no, 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 not this project, not this project, not this project. And just like how to drive yourself forward. And then we also found a great deal of support in one another just by being incredibly open about what it is that we experience, like no filter, Right. The truth, the real, the raw. Yep. And um, what it really means to be a neighbor, how to show up for one another, how to share, how to support, you know, um, and community building. And so we have had a lot of people who've started incredible companies in New York and in um, LA. And this year, I think we're going to start doing a few events. Oh, so cool. Yeah. We're starting our YouTube channel, which is going to be really exciting because Brittany and I have such different interests, but both. can't stop talking. So we have to find a place to put it. (laughs) Got to talk somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. We got to do that. That's awesome. That's so fun. How often do you guys um, put out episodes? We try to do once every two weeks. Awesome. Uh, Last year, my neighbor got married. And so things were a little bit spotty towards the end of the year, but we, and Charleston, she's the one that got married in Charleston. Oh, fun. Where did she get married? Um, a plantation. Okay. I've been married in Charleston twice, so I always like to ask just in case it was one of the two places. You have? I have. There's a lot of things about me, Bevan. You don't know. Maybe you should have me on your podcast. I know. I think it's definitely a great idea. I'm also really pissed we didn't know each other in high school because I feel like high school would have been a little bit easier. I know. (laughs) I'm sure. You know, I I know. And like I said, I was literally living in a haze. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, you know, when you said that, it's so interesting. It kind of jarred like a small memory. And you know what I really think about that is that's jealousy. 
That is so someone, you know, I mean, we're all silly and insecure at a younger age, but that's like mean girl jealousy bullshit. And it's like, you just got to rise out of the ashes, you know? Yeah. And you did. I will say in all honesty, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything because I just feel so connected to all humans and I want to know their story. And that's, you know, my purpose here Same on this planet is, yeah, is to connect and, and really inspire each other. And we all have something to say. So we do. And, um, I agree with that because it's, you never know what anyone's going through. And like, just by doing this podcast, I don't even know if we've been doing it for a year, but we've, I've met these so many people that I would never have talked to, you know, like, I mean, all the way from, like one of this guy, Greg Dixon, who was a client of mine, who's become a friend of mine, he was um, in the military, in the Marines, like starting super young, like his mom signed this thing. And at 17, he went, I mean, he told us these stories and then he was in recovery. I mean, and he has like this really beautiful, like love story of his life, but it's like, I would never have sat down and had that conversation, you know, and like Mm. just sharing that. And then for other people to hear and like the letters that poured in for him too, just like, it was just really amazing. And just, I think I agree with you. It's anytime that we can create connectivity, we can create healing. And I think that it sounds really simple, but by sharing our stories, we do heal each other because Absolutely. it's like, it's like, oh, you've been there. Well, you know, I like, I think about grace cause it's like my biggest ministry and like yeah. people all over the world are, I've connected with like people reach out to me. You don't know me, my sister's friend, she lost her daughter or her baby or whatever. Like, could you just be, be an extension, be a hand, like be a, be a ray of hope. Like you're going to get through this it's, it sucks and it's so sad and it will change your life, but like you will see the other side of this or whatever it is, you know? And I think that, um, like you said, by sharing our truths, we do that in others. Cause I'm sure there's someone listening to this right now who probably has a daughter or a son or themselves who has been bullied, is being bullied. And let me tell y'all, y'all need to go check out Bevan on Instagram because she is a babe and (laughs) chick is not being bullied anymore. (laughs) But this is kind of funny speaking of Instagram, because when we left spin, Carter kept referring to you as Bavina. (laughs) Everybody called me I was like, who the fuck is Bavina? Oh, it's well, now my nickname. Yes, Bavina. We love it. We live. We love it. Bavina is is the thing. <laughs> my email is Bevan A too, so it's now Bavina. It's Bavina. And no one else. And then, like, my favorite is when people don't actually know my name is Bevan and think it's Bavina. Well, yeah, that's that. I was like, Carter, that's not her name. <laughs> so tell everyone where we can find you on the gram. Tell your podcast one more time. Um, all the goodies. Podcast is at the My Neighbor Podcast on Instagram, and we are rebranding right now, and we'll have a whole new website up in the next um, month or so. And um, my Instagram is at uh, Bevan A Prince, and yeah, I think that's it. And you can find me at Soul Cycle. Are you all over New York or just one studio? I'm all over New York, so I teach mostly downtown and Tribeca, West Village, and NoHo. But I pop around. Oh, and now I teach at 19th Street. Um, or Union Square, but I pop around to some other studios as well. So here and there. Well, that's awesome. We got to get you guys back. When are you coming back up? We're actually going to be, Carter's working on an event right now for us to do something in Dumbo in the spring or summer. So we're going to definitely come back up then, but we need to get you here. I know. I need to When's your back? When's your back better? I, so I'm, I'm working with several doctors right now and I, we're looking like we're semi on the mend. 
Okay, so good. I rode the bike this morning, which was, was quite it nice? humbling. It was humbling. Yeah. Did you do that while you were teaching? Yeah. Were you like... <laughs> I was so out of breath. <laughs> like, I have no idea how you guys do that. I mean, I practice a little bit with my room when we do it, but anytime we do cardio bursts or plyometrics, I'm like, mm, I can't do that because I might have a heart attack and die. So it's I can't like, talk and do it. It's so hard. It's really tough. It's a practice. It's definitely something you, it, it takes time and, and effort. But and that um, class that we took of yours when we went, what was that called again? Activate. That was the hardest. I can't even tell you how sore I was the next day. And I so felt it's high intensity interval training on a bike. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Yes. So awesome. Did you make that yeah, up? Very, no. Okay. Um, there I would have just two, said yes. <laughs> yes. It was all me. Um, we had two of our founding instructors create this um, class, but very few of us still teach it. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I think it's a, it's a really amazing way to cross train on the bike. I loved it. And and I've stolen your saying, and I always give you credit in class, but we do a lot of like quick bursts of intervals too. And I've been, I do, I usually do like the 30 on 30 off, but I've been doing 20 on 20 off. And I love what you said. Even I was like, you got to move fast. Like you got to get the baby out of the water and, or whatever you said. Is that something, is that what you said? I don't think so. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were like, this is like, get the baby out of the water, move fast. I was like, I got to get the baby out of the water. I I, I think I said, get the baby out of the way. Like, Oh, I thought you meant save the baby. I'm like, somebody save the baby. It is. That's exactly what I mean. Got it. It's a a different nervous system that you're working with. So it's not like, oh man, I got to go pick that. Totally. Yes. Like it's, Oh shit! I, I you're you don't even have time to think the thought. Yes, yes. You have to work from a guttural place to 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 move. And quickly. and we did. And and it was I loved like well I didn't love it, but I I loved it after it was over. But when we were like first doing it, and I was like, okay, I'm in it, I'm in it. And then you were like, all right, everybody, like you got to step it up. And the way like you pushed with such compassion, but it was also like she's right. Like I'm I'm survive. Like I'm just kind of going hard, but like like go in because in those moments, seriously, it's like, that's me right there. And like, if I can do it here, I can do it anywhere. That's the thing. I mean, I totally am with you on this idea of flow. And I was reading something the other day that was talking about, you know, this state of flow and generally something catastrophic has to happen in order for us to release Mm -hmm. and just kind of float through. I've also heard, and for me personally, in addition to that, my life, anytime that it's been elevated has never not been, it has always been met with resistance. Mm -hmm. So there was a, I forgot who said it. He was talking about resistance being a force of nature and it's inevitable. And all we have to do is step through the resistance in order to release on the other side Mm -hmm. and break through and let go and get connected to the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it is. And I, was saying this to my class this morning. Um, it's like, you know, life isn't a spectator sport. You got to get in your own fucking arena because nobody's putting mm-hmm. your shoes on for you and doing the work. And it's so like interesting when you say like, get to know yourself and the truth and all this stuff. I think for people that are listening that don't understand, I don't know if I want to say that level because I like, there's so many other things I don't understand in life. This is one thing I've worked so hard for. And the reason why it does feel connected for me, and I think for other people, is because when we're living in that space, it, it's it's not only enjoyable. Like, yes, it's challenging, but it's like you're fulfilling like your 
you know, God's gift to you. Basically, it's like yeah. you're living up. It's like if somebody's an amazing chef and they're never going to cook a meal and they're going to like, you know, clean furniture for the rest of their life, they're not going to feel fulfilled. And so yeah. we all met people where like the energy feels shifted or they feel unhappy or whatever it is. And I think when we can get into a state of flow, what, whether it's on the mat, in your career, in your home, as a mother, or whatever it is, it really does shift who we are. And then who we're being is who we're being to the rest of the world as well. Yes. Yes. Sarah, preach. preach, I'm preaching. Well, I heard this woman, this woman, her name's Alexandra Roxo. I don't know if you know her. She actually lives in New York, but she, I I did this thing called Good Fest. I was on a panel once and she was there and she said it so like plain and it made so much sense. She was like, now listen, she goes, she was like, if you want to go save the, like, say you want to save the whales. She said, if you wake up every morning feeling like shit, you really think you're going to go save the whales? You know, she's Mm. like, you have to have like, you have to be motivated to go do big, great things in the world. So self-care is not selfish when it's done in, you know, a way of elevation. Yes. Bubble baths and champagne are lovely. Everybody loves them for the most part, (laughs) but there's a lot more that goes into it. And um, I think that what you're doing is a really big part for so many people. I know I have so many friends here who are like super fans of SoulCycle. And I just, I think I did my first, I did my first ride in Dallas a few last last year John and I were down there for a Clemson game of course uh-huh. and it was with this girl Bailey Bebe is her oh, name yes, and, and I was like um I'm sorry ma'am this is amazing <laughs> and you are a babe and like everybody's That's I was like awesome. this is so it was awesome um so anyway you know I think the biggest thing for me that I am practicing especially a lot lately at soul and in life is the idea of play mm-hmm. like I think especially when you grow up as a people pleaser and somebody who's trying to maintain some sort of vision of perfection, you really lose the element of play in your life. And without play, we aren't even able to put one foot in front of the other and see where we can go. We just have to like start to find a little bit more playfulness and humor and and the choices and decisions that we make, knowing that everyone is not our last and knowing that we only look silly when we don't try. Mm-hmm. Like just get in the arena, just try, try yeah. something, anything. Right. And you got to start somewhere. Like I think every, you know, Beyonce did not wake up like that. No, she not. She did not. But she, did she, not. she wakes up real good right now. Yeah. She's got a team. <laughs> she is a babe too. Yeah. Um, I might not wait. have kids cause I want that team. Does she, but she rides soul cycle. <laughs> She does. Yeah. I've ridden with her once. Oh, you have? Yeah. I wasn't teaching, but I, um, did you like touch her? No, but I cried. I would have Ooh. cried the whole time. I'm such I, a super like, fan. It's embarrassing. Oh, I was staring in the mirror basically <laughs> in her eyeballs the whole time. She's like, she was is like you're like on the list now, like the no fly list. Yeah. They're like, do not let that crazy girl. In they're the like class. Bavina. Beyonce does not <laughs> want to be your friend. <laughs> Bavina is not allowed in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. I know you have got a busy rest of your day, so we appreciate it. And I know our listeners are going to be super stoked. So oh, thank Sarah, you. Thank you so much. I'm so impressed by you. You're doing oh, great. Oh, well, thank things. you. Same, same. All right, girl, we'll talk soon. Thank you guys as always for listening. If you liked us, help others find the show. Rate us, review us, send us to your friends because we love what we're doing and we want to keep doing this. And we want to hear from you guys. Send us some of your are you for real moments. We want to hear all about it and just keep elevating this community. We'll see you in the next episode.